Well, tonight we'll continue a study, and I, I don't necessarily like continued lessons, but it seems like I do it a lot. I think this is a, the fourth uh, sermon on this, as far as uh, Satan, you know, Satan, who is he, what forms, what shapes does he have, how do we identify him, is he a dragon, is he a serpent, is he Lucifer, is he Satan, is he the devil, and uh, so we... As we looked at it, you can't recognize him by looking. He's not going to be in a red suit with a horn and a, and a sharp tail and a pitchfork in his hand. That's not how he's going to appear as an angel of light to many. And we talked about that this morning. His disciples also will appear as, as apostles of Christ. That's how they will appear. And I believe on Sunday mornings on television, well, if you have the religious channels about any day, I guess, you can probably... Uh, see and hear some of that on uh, on television. We talked about this morning one way I think to identify them is uh, what does Satan eat? And uh, uh, and again, I'm going to thanks to Alyssa the questions she had downstairs. I've learned many things, and I think from the fellowship we've had, many others have too from this this question. But uh, what forms does he have? What what shapes? How do we how do we identify him? So. Through that study, I was looking at uh, what does he eat? And again, I, I chuckled when I, I thought, well, what difference does it make? But if the scripture tells us what he eats, it's valuable. And, and we did see uh, what he eats. We saw uh, Isaiah said, the dust shall be the food of serpents. And then we also, if you go in, in Genesis there, after Satan had deceived Eve, and the curse, and, and God said, let you on your belly, and dust shall thou eat. And I thought that was just, well, he's down there with the dust, you know, breathing or whatever. But the word eat means eat, consume. That's devil's food. It's not deviled eggs. It's not devil's food cake. Uh, devil's food. He eats the earth, dust. And then we also ask, then if you went to his house, what would he serve? What would he serve his children? Earthly things. We read there in Colossians, there are affections to be on things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That's, that's where our all should be focused. That's our salvation. That's our eternal salvation. Not on things on the earth. But Satan serves things on the earth looking at ourselves, looking at man. So I think it's been a very interesting uh, study. So this morning as we talked about this devil's food, would it make you sick? And we saw that yes. And, and we, we'll read that. We'll start off reading that in Proverbs chapter 23. Will this devil's food make you sick? And, and absolutely. We'll touch on that a little bit. And then we'll talk about... Uh, the cure. What, what's, well, a prevention, we'll, uh, we talked about that a little bit. What would, what's prevention from getting sick on this? And again, we know it's all God's will and God's in charge of all of it. But we have some things that he uh, gives us that would use for a prevention or protection uh, from getting sick on this earthly devil's food doctrine. And then 
This evening we'll want to finish up with the, what's the cure if one is sick with this and vomit up the sweet words. Again, it's all in the Lord's plan, but he uses individuals, even uses Satan to carry his plan and his will out. So Proverbs chapter 23, and uh, starting in verse 1. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful food. Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards heaven. Eat thou not the bread of him who hath an evil eye. Neither desire thou his dainty foods. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten, shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. So we look at this, and it is talking about a, a sickness, a spiritual sickness. And in the first couple of verses, and again, we think of what would Satan serve? We know it's earth. We know it's earthly. We know he eats the dust of the earth. We, we talked about uh, earthly things uh, and read different scriptures on that. But uh, as I mentioned, we'll be having a Bible conference, Lord willing. And there'll be food served. Downstairs, of course, I'm looking forward to. But up here, there'll be food served. And consider diligently. What's before you? Taste it. Chew it up. But be observant before you swallow. So, in verse 1, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. Again, if you went to the synagogue of Satan, and believe me, it's not going to have the name synagogue of Satan uh, uh, for its name. Well, there probably are some in this world as big as it is, but... The, the real synagogue of Satan, they won't have that name out. They'll have something Christ, something God up there. Uh, it says, put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. And just briefly, we talked about that this morning. Uh, what the knife was, and uh, I've seen in movies, you know, they'll put a knife to the throat and press him back here, and you think, boy, if they swallow, it's going to cut them. So, uh, and I look at that, so there's, what is it, and we talked about this morning, but what is it that would cause us to be careful before we swallow? Put it in our mouth, chew it up, but be careful before you swallow. What would, what would that be? And, and this word knife, uh, I gave the definition to it this morning. This is the only place that this Hebrew word is translated in knife in this way. So every place else in the scriptures, when you see the word knife, it is not this word. It means something different. And this means, and I'll give it to you again, 
the primary word means intensive. And also to mount an observatory. And then a pointed or edged, in the sense of a fence, to shut in for protection. So this, when it says, put a knife to thy throat, that's what it's all about. Examine with intense, intensively examine. And uh, use something that protect is for protection. And there it uses the word knife. But as we talked this morning, what, what do we have? What could we use? And it's, it's the, uh, the word of the Lord. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. So when we partake of what's served, we use the word. And we mentioned those that says those in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether the things taught them were so. So the word is, is this knife. We take it, chew it up, but before you swallow it, intensely look at it, observe it, make sure that it's not earthly food because we, well, let me mention Peter real quick. It, it's so easy. The, the earthly food, I, I've got dirt here and a, and a spoon. And yeah, we're not going to knowingly <laughs> partake of this. But we wouldn't knowingly partake of what Satan serves. Not knowingly. How easy is it, though? His, it said he's, he's very subtle crafty, cunning, and, and let me just mention Peter again because we talked about him this morning. Peter, the Lord began to tell them that uh, he's going to go to Jerusalem, that he's going to kill him, he's going to be raised the third day. And Peter, with the best of intentions, a heart, uh, uh, well, motivated by an earthly love, not so, Lord, no, this won't be so. And what did the Lord say to him? You'd think, well, thank you, Peter, that you care enough that you wouldn't want me to go to Jerusalem and die and be raised. Brother, let, let me hug you. That's, that's a manifestation of love. You'd think he'd say that, wouldn't you? But what did he say? Get thou behind me, Satan. Well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong is saying that the Lord being crucified and resurrected, he's saying no. No to that. Well then, if it's no to that, then there must be other ways. And these, are, well, I'm going to get a little bit off my lesson. But these other ways, again, they're very subtle. Satan is cunning, deceptive. His food that he serves is very subtle. So Peter said, no, not, not that. Well, that means if it's not Jesus Christ, our heavenly way, then there must be an earthly way. And that's what we hear. I'll just give some examples. It's up to you to take the first step for your salvation. That's what Satan serves, folks. My salvation was determined from before the foundation of the world. So if I say it's up to me, I'm stealing on glory away from the Lord. 
I'm looking at earthly things up to me to take the first step. It's up to me, Helen, I think of you every time I say this, you and I had this conversation. It's up to me to turn over a new leaf. As Helen was talking, I think it was a Mr. Campbell, I believe, he said that leaf's just dirty on the other side when you turn it over. But Satan's food. Or I'll preach to you and get you saved by hearing the gospel. Very deceptive. Now, or baptism gets you to heaven. Now, I know you can read about baptism. You can talk about being saved. And, and I told one individual one time, uh, there's different things to be saved from. Let's, don't get that confused with the salvation of your soul from the lake of fire. Different things to be saved from. And as we, when you hear and talk about the word saved, we should have that in mind. But Satan... The food that he serves is very deceitful. It's all earthly. It's all, it's all earthly. But it's very subtle. Uh, okay. So, uh, what, what is the teaching here? This talking about, it's spiritual sickness here in this uh, Proverbs 23. So what's it, you know, what's it teaching? And, and I didn't read this this morning. I should have. The uh, verse before that, uh, Proverbs 22 and 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. And I'm not going to spend much time on this, but let me ask you this. Does this apply to us? You might say, well, I'm not in business, or used to be in business, or my business is different than your business. Let me just ask this. As uh, members of this body, what's our business? What's our business? Our business is Declaring the truth. We could go, what, protecting sheep, protecting ourselves, not eating devil's food. But our business really, as we look at it in the scriptures, is, is, uh, is giving the gospel the truth that he's given us. That's, that's our business. And we're to be diligent in that. But in uh, the Old Testament, what was the business of the priest? Offer up sacrifices. That was their business, if you call it business. Well, this says business here, so I, I have no problem using it for business. So what was the business of the priest in the Old Testament? Offer up sacrifices. Well, what about, what about us today? We can read in the Scriptures talking about he made us a kingdom of priests, talking about his church. What's our business? Uh, Hebrew chapter 13. I'm getting a little bit sidetracked before I get started here, but I uh, want to get our focus. What's, what's our business? Hebrew 13, 
and verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. If I tell you, you get to heaven based on you taking the first step, that's not giving thanks to his name. If I say that you're getting to heaven, your eternal life is based on you turning over a new leaf. You don't cuss, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't gamble, you don't do all these things. That's not giving honor and glory to the Lord. It's earthly and it's devil's food. So this says, giving thanks to his name. But you know, it says something else there. With sacrifice of praise, the Old Testament priests, they offered literal sacrifices. The blood of bulls and goats they offered. But we don't offer that. We offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips. And it's not singing. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done in singing. But it's not necessarily talking about singing. But it says, very important, first two words, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. By him. If it wasn't by him, I'd be eating and serving devil's food. Because used to, that's what I ate. Tell you the truth, I never did like it. <laughs> I never did really like it because there was no peace or security, and I never did like it. And, and, and David, you had, uh, I think last week and this week, both made a point. When, and, and now I dislike it even more. David said, you know, when you really see the truth about the Lord and some of that devil's food that belittles him, you hate that. Uh... I'm going to take the time. Go back to First Chronicles, uh, chapter uh, 29. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures, Old Testament scriptures. I, I can't say that I have a favorite Old Testament scripture, but certainly this is is one of them. And First uh, Chronicles 29. So, uh, what we read in Hebrew: By Him let us offer these sacrifices of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. By Him. This is the only way we would do this. We would be, again, serving earthly food. So, now, I will say this. This is uh, uh, David. Now, this is after he had offered this great sacrifice. I, I know thousands of animals that they offered. But after he offered it, then he had this to say. And... Uh, well, let me read it. And uh, think of, well, before do. So they offered thousands of literal sacrifices, bulls and goats. We offer what? Sacrifice of praise, fruit of our lips. But by him we do that. And we're going to see the same thing here. Uh, 
First Chronicles 29 and start in verse 11. And boy, is he giving sacrifice of praise. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all things as in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. In thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what are my people? That we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. So as he offered those thousands of literal sacrifices, blood of bulls and goats. Yeah, it might seem like a great thing, but he didn't take the credit for it. He says, of thine own have we given thee. We can't give God anything. There's nothing we can give God. You say, well, I can give him my tithes. Where does it, where does it come from? Where does your financial come from? And I don't care what it is. I know where it comes from. So, and I ask myself this too. We gather here. Few of us. To offer spiritual sacrifices. That doesn't honor and glory man. And we see what the world, we see what, the, we see what Satan serves. And now I look at myself. But who am I? Who are we that we would offer this up? These spiritual sacrifices, and we know it, it's by him. So certainly calls us something, something to cause us to be, to be grateful. So... Uh, didn't mean to get that sidetracked. I was going to some other place I was going to go, but uh, uh, Peter tells us about uh, uh, spiritual house, and we offer spiritual sacrifices in that uh, in that spiritual house. Uh, so, trying to move on then back in Proverbs twenty three, talking about this well. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. Put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful food. And boy, they are deceitful. It, the gentleman that uh, assembled with us for a while, and I worked with him for uh, many years, and talking about Christ as the way, he said, you know, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And isn't that true? That's what our nature is. And David, again, this morning in our conversation out there, we're earth, dust, came from the dust, go back to the dust. You'd like to think we have something to do with it. And that's what we, as natural man, would do, think that we have something to do with it. But uh, it's all of the Lord. So be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful food, and it is very deceitful. Uh, 
6. Eat thou not the bread of him who hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty foods. We won't go into that. Um, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. When Satan served Eve, her serving, oh, you'll be like God. Was his heart with her? Was he wanting to do good to Eve? No. When he went to to Job, was his heart with Job? No. When he went to Peter and and the Lord said, Satan desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. When you're converted, when you go through this, then uh, uh, strengthen the brethren. Was his heart with Peter? No. But he was feeding him that dainty devil's food. I didn't mention the other thing I did this morning. And uh, when Satan had another dish of it, and the Lord says, well, all of you are going to deny me. Peter said, oh, not I. The rest of them might, but I will not. I, I, I. Buddy, we talked about where that comes from. That's, that's Satan's food. I, I, I. I will not. Uh, of course, he did, we know. But that's, it's deceitful. And it's, uh, it, it's Satan's food. Uh, so then in verse 8, we'll try to get to the, more of the heart of our lesson. The morsel which thou hast eaten, shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. You're going to vomit up that and all the, any sweet words that you had. And again, this is only going to be to the Lord's will. So, Peter, for a, a short time there, a couple of times, vomited up in sweet word. Oh, no, you're not going to die and be resurrected. He vomited up sweet words. I will never, he didn't say by the grace of God, those things were vomited up temporarily. But the Lord, again, prayed for him, and, and certainly uh, he, when his writings had strengthened the brethren. Uh, so, the, the spiritual sickness... Vomiting up the sweet words. What, again, what's the first aid? What's the prevention? What's, what's the cure? James chapter 5 talks about sickness and what we're to do James chapter 5 talking about sickness now uh, well let me read it first and then we'll we'll discuss it James 5 and go to verse beginning in verse 14 is any sick among you Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. If he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he who converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Boy, there's a lot here, isn't there? Talking about saving a soul and everything. Again, as I mentioned, there's different things to be saved from. Every time you see the word saved, you can be led astray into eating Satan's food if you think it's all the same. Every time you see the word saved, it's not talking about salvation from the lake of fire. Certainly this is not. Now, so we've read this. Is any sick among you? I am not saying don't pray for those that are physically sick. I do that. And you should do that. That's not what this is actually talking about. You remember Satan's food. Remember his dainties. Vomit up your sweet words. So we look at that as this sickness here. Uh, so if we see one, vomit up sweet words, yes, we pray for them. Physically, we do that. And again, I'm not saying we don't pray for our brothers and sisters and others that are physically sick. We do pray for them, and I do. And I want you to do that as well. But in verse 14, let me read that again. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Do we anoint with oil? Physically? Had a person one time, they said, uh, they come to me and said, uh, I, something about, said, I had a dream that you had uh, back pain or something. I said, well, yeah, I've got back pain. Well, the Lord uh, told me to anoint you with oil. <laughs> so that's okay. That's okay. I don't, I don't think we'll do that. But here it is in Scripture. We don't want to, I, I shouldn't be, I guess, joking about it or laughing about it. But here's in the scriptures, you read this. Pray over him, anoint him with oil, and name the Lord. So certainly, there's instructions. Anoint with oil. Are we falling short? Actually, we're not, but we need to understand what the oil is. And I pray that my previous two pastors anointed me this oil, this particular oil that it's speaking of. Psalms 141. Tells us something about oil and a, and a use for it, or what would be likened to it, I guess. Psalms 141. So we're talking about, is any sick? Is any had a, a dose of Satan's food? 
unawares. And they're, and they're sick. We see how easy it can happen. And they're sick. What do we do? Pray for them. But anoint them with oil. I know our two previous pastors have paid for, prayed for me and, and anointed me with oil. Physically, no. So let's see, let's see this. Uh, Psalms 141 and verse 5. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. Typically, when someone smites us, we might not think that it's a kindness. But this says, let the righteous smite me. And it shall be a kindness. Let him reprove me. It shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. So here, let the righteous smite me. It'll be a kindness. And let the same ones reprove me. Well, if you reprove, sometimes that's not pleasant. Yes, <laughs> I agree with that. But it says, and let him reprove me, it shall be as an excellent oil. So what is used to reprove? What's used to smite? What's used to reprove? Whatever it is, the righteous smites and the righteous reproves. Whatever he reproves with, it's as an excellent oil. And we're to anoint those that are sick. We pray for them. And we anoint them with oil. And we see here that this reproving would be as an excellent oil. So what, what do we reprove with? What's the oil? I guess I could have brought some oils. Dolores and I tell a quick story. We're down in Cincinnati at uh, Jungle Gems. Love going into these big grocery stores and everything. So we went in, and there's this one whole section itself with just olive oil. All these different, there was uh, smoke flavored, uh, and there was vinegars, and uh, just all this. We came out of there with, well... $200 worth of olive oil. I could have brought a good selection of it and everything. But anyway, so I could have brought some of them. That's pretty expensive olive oil. We could have rubbed on there if we get sick or something. What do we reprove with? 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Isn't it a blessing when the Lord takes Satan's earthly food and shoves it aside and lets us see the spiritual truth? Uh, 2 Timothy 3 and 16, we're going to see what do, we what do we reprove with? Because that is as an excellent oil. 2 Timothy 3 16, and all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine all for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So that's what 
the scriptures is given for. For reproof, for correction, for instruction. So, as uh, one would be spiritually sick, well, I'll just use myself. Boy, I was sick. <laughs> I was sick. All Satan, and again, I didn't like Satan's food, but I was sick on it. And I, and I studied the scriptures, and I couldn't see anything. All I could see was earthly. And, and it, it did make me sick. I thought, there's no way for me. No way. I was sick. Our previous pastors reproved me. And they didn't necessarily call me out, but through the scriptures, through their lessons. And uh, you would be thinking this, but then you'd be reproved by the scriptures. That's what it's for. And was it, did it harm me? Did it hurt me? No, it was an excellent oil. That's how, that's how we're healed from this sickness. That's how we're healed from this sickness. Uh, Proverbs 27. Uh, let's see. Proverbs 27. And what a blessing it is to see uh, what this sickness is, how we get sick, what this sickness is, and, uh, and the, the cure for it. Uh, Proverbs 27. And uh, verse 5. Open rebuke. Is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceit. So, uh, our two previous pastors, uh, I was rebuked, and I guess there were faithful wounds. I. Uh, Lost some things. Then I saw what I really gained, though. But faithful are those wounds. Uh, if they hadn't have cared and didn't feed, didn't anoint with that oil, then, well, there's no love. They wouldn't care. But this says faithful are the wounds uh, 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 of a friend. Uh, okay, we need to move on here. Uh, let's go back to James real quick. James chapter 5 talks about this spiritual sickness. And uh, so verse 14 again, is any sick among you? And I'm not going to limit this just our body. There's people you encounter in your lives. And you can see, boy, they're sick. They've been eating a lot of Satan's food. Now, David and, and, and uh, Bill, I, I, fall, I kind of fall short here. Not kind, I do. I, uh, I'll see somebody that's sick, and I don't, I don't always... Anoint that oil. I don't, 
I just, I just fall short sometimes. And maybe I'll, I'll use some excuses. Well, you know, it wasn't the right timing, you know. But anyway, uh, so is any sick among you? It's not limited just us, but the people that the Lord brings in, into your contact in your life. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, skip down to verse 19. We could spend a lot more time on this, of course. Brethren, if any of you do the air from the truth, well, let me actually, let me read verse 16. Uh, uh, no, verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall say the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. You would think if we're looking at earthly sins, if somebody's sick and laying in bed and everything, last opportunity to do sins if he was looking at earthly things. But, boy, not if you're eating this devil's food and get sick. And as Peter, I, I will never deny thee, certainly sin against God. But, uh, so now let's go on down to verse 19. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and Peter did, a short time there, but he did. If any do err from the truth, and one convert him. Again, I certainly was an heir from the truth. Two previous pastors were used to convert me. Now, it was all of God, but he uses tools. Let him know that he who converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save his soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. So, can we save one from death? If so, again, what's the tool? I, I like going to that. What, what's the tool? We, we know it's not talking about saving from someone physically dying. I'm not a doctor that would even use me for that. But a life of dead works. And that's what two previous pastors did for me, as they would rebuke, as they would anoint with this oil, as they would uh, uh, reproof uh, with the word. Save me from, and you as well as others, a life of dead works. So, let him know that he who converts a sinner from the error of his way shall save his soul from death. And shall hide a multitude of sins. What tool was used there? Well, First Timothy chapter four. What tool is used to save from this death? First uh, Timothy four. Uh, and just go directly to verse sixteen. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both say thyself and them that hear thee. We're not talking about the salvation of the soul from the lake of fire. But it is the doctrine. The doctrine of Jesus Christ. The doctrine that, well, he's the way, the truth, and the life. The doctrine. Not 
doctrines where you take the first step, all these different ways to be saved. I picked up a track one time. I've shared it with you before. It said there's one way of salvation. And then I opened up. There's like 15 different ways they listed there. But take heed to the doctrine. Continue in them. Our previous pastors continued in the doctrine. And they saved their self and myself and many others from a life of dead works. All of God, of course. Not saving from the lake of fire, but a life of dead works. Dead works would be wood, hay, and stubble that just burned up. There's nothing there. So not saving from the lake of fire, but a life of, of dead works. Uh, let's, maybe one more scripture. Let's go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 3 and uh, verse 18. Ezekiel 3 and 18. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. Again, not from, not from the lake of fire, but a life of dead works. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. When we see those that are sick, we are to give them the word. And it says, if you don't, then the iniquity will be uh, on thy hand. Verse 19, Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turns from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou art delivered from that soul, if you have warned him about this devil's food. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness, and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin. And his, his righteousness, which he hath done, shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man, and that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live. Because he is warned also, thou hast delivered thy soul. So that's what it's talking about. Just a, a life of dead works. We, we warn of this earthly food and how deceitful it is. It just, well, by the grace of God, that's all we'd eat. <laughs> by the grace of God, all we would eat is that Satan's devil's food. That's all we'd eat. We would love it and wallow in it. But by the grace of God, and he uses tools and he uses men to save us from that and deliver us from that. So I, I hope this has been interesting to you and it has been uh, to me. Uh, the the devil, kind of how to recognize him, his shapes, well, we can't see anything there. But, boy, if we look at that diet, we can tell, we can tell something about him and, and, and about his earthly dainties and how deceitful they are. But then we see he gives us the cure. We pray, anoint with oil of the word. And, and if it's the Lord's sheep, by his grace, he'll bring him out of that. He did Peter, did Nebuchadnezzar. Job, everything. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.